Hello, I'm Tracy Carlton Ward, and this is Sweat, Grit, and Hustle. Welcome. I've got a wonderful guest for all you people thinking of getting into business in the health and wellness industry today. And I'm joined by Lisa Patton, who is an osteopath based up in Angus in Scotland. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. Now, some of our listeners, apart what we do here with Sweat and Grit and Hustle, it's about setting up a business, going on your own. And for some people, it might be doing things part time. For others, it might be going full time into business. So you now work for yourself. I do, uh, yeah. You're based from home? Yes, I've got a cabin in the garden. Brilliant. And, and tell the guys, were you doing something before? Have you always been an osteopath? How did you get into that business? Well, it's quite a long story, but um, I've always had an interest in health and well-being. I used to teach aerobics and I step classes back in the early days then I fell into a totally different career and um, I was an oil broker funny enough which was completely different but it wasn't it was great money it you know dealing with lots of different people from all around the world it was a really interesting career but it wasn't fulfilling me enough the finance wasn't the the be all and end all so I went travelling and just before I was about to travel I had a uh, big crash with a skateboard <laughs> and I bust my shoulder and I was about to get on a plane to go to Australia for a year the next day. So I realised I hadn't broken it um, I went to see an osteopath and went travelling, shoulder was fine few years back got back into the oil industry come back from traveling shoulders bothering me again went to see another osteopath and I thought this is this this because it was such an amazing experience um and I was always interested in it I thought okay I'll park that for a little while but I was really interested in it um looked into chiropractic at the time and realized that it's a really long course and it costs a lot of money and parked it for a little bit longer and then time went on I got to sort of approaching 30 and I thought nope I'm gonna I'm gonna bite the bullet and I'm going to find a course and I did and it was osteopathy again part time five years later quite a few thousand pounds lighter um and retrained and it was I would say most people on my course were from all walks of life. So there's no limit to retraining at any age and getting into health and wellbeing. It's a fulfilling career. It is quite tough. It's quite physical. So it is quite tough. But yeah, definitely. It, it definitely took me down an avenue that I never even knew was there until you start learning all sorts of things. I thought I had quite good health and well-being knowledge and it turns out I didn't really know very much at all until you finished the course and that was really the whistletop store stop tour of my career but yeah so I qualified in 2008 and realized I didn't want to be in there's only a few colleges or universities in London at this point and everybody comes to London and then wants to set up in London because they get the bright lights and the big bucks I was completely the opposite. I wanted to 
move out of London. I didn't want that's how I already had a career in London. I didn't I wanted to get out. Um so I decided to move with my husband who I met on the course, um, and he's Scottish. Um so we moved to Scotland and set up a practice in just well Dundee, just outside Dundee from home. But I didn't work full time at home. It takes a long time to set up a business. But I worked up in Aberdeen um, on the maternity cover in a doctor surgery for a couple of years, and then weaned that down and brought up the business working from home. As um, and I've been doing that for the last twelve years. So it's come to a point where it's 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 busier. I could probably do taking on somebody else on, um, but it. Yeah, it's you never stop learning. You never there's always different things to learn, different techniques, different add-ons to it, nutrition, just looking at lifestyle a lot more. Um but you can take it as far as you want to take it and it is really fulfilling and meet some amazing people um along the way. Um and I would say I think I've been probably quite lucky with my patients as well. They've been a good good set and I would consider quite a lot of them friends now. Um, but I don't know if that's because I've set up from home. It, there is a slight different tone difference working from home versus in a practice. But um, and I've I've never advertised. All of my patients have come through recommendations, um, which does take a little bit longer. But it worked well for me because I've got had two small children when I started or one when I started. So it worked quite well. As the business grew, I grew time become a bit more available um and 12 years later yeah it's it's going well wow that's brilliant i mean and we've known each other probably a couple of years now and mm-hmm. i didn't realize yeah. that's how you got into being <laughs> an osteopath yeah. so how funny a skateboard actually resulted in you running your own business exactly so i mean there's a lot of people that are you know they're probably already in health and wellness and it's good to know that even if they're not if you if if you're prepared to put the time in to get trained, then you can still switch to that business. But when you when you went on your own versus working in a practice, what did you find the biggest difference in your life then? Because I'm assuming if you're doing it on your own, there's nobody there doing all the other things for you. So what did you end up having to do as part of building that business up? Yes, I think that's that's a very good point. And there was a lot of things I hadn't anticipated in the fact that you are the tea lady, the cleaner, the accountant, the receptionist, and then you do your job. So it's it's, it's a ha- very broad hands-on, but you learn business quickly. It can get a little bit lonely because you are just, although you have patience, the turnover is they come in, they're there for a short period of time and they move on. So you you need to develop relationships with yourself (laughs) um because you do spend a lot of time on your own but yeah there's lots of different things that yes I didn't anticipate I mean unless you start up a multidisciplinary that you can warrant and you're really busy and you can warrant a receptionist and you which is quite good in the fact that you can interact with somebody else on a regular basis but it can be quite lonely and being a female practitioner in a in you know in a clinic room one-on-one with somebody else you've got to you've got there's things that you you've got to consider you need to be very quick at 
taking judgment calls on people um, to make sure that you are safe. Um, there was a, a couple of, there's never been any incidents that I've, untoward incidents, but working from home as well, it, you do bring another element because you're letting people into your personal life um, a little bit more than you would in a, in a, in a purpose-built clinic. So yeah, there's 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 different things that you don't anticipate until they come along. Um, but I think the biggest th- biggest thing is it can be quite lonely because you are on your own all the time and you have to do everything. So you you're, you're not you're never nine to five. You're always thinking about things and you have lots of things that you need to do in the evenings that you would probably want to. Well, I would pass off as much as you can but in the early days you know you do everything um and you have to fit that in your day um so you, you the, the hours can be quite long but it's it is rewarding brilliant and now i mean you've been going 12 years so are you still doing your own bookkeeping or have you engaged other people to do that is I, there anything you've passed off to other people now um bookkeeping i still do i'm on the throes of actually passing that over um but there's a lot of there's a lot of systems out there that make it quite easy to do that yourself when yourself in when you work on your own it's some i think it's probably quite hard. i'm probably the type of person that find it quite hard to lose that control over things um certainly covid's on the cleaning side of things has sharpened everything up um and and i you know my practice gets clean top to bottom in between patients so um cleaning side of it I, I still do that myself because it's just an add-on um, we've now we've got a purpose-built um clinic in the garden um yeah I st- I, unfortunately yeah I still do still do it all myself um my husband's an osteopath as well so he kind but he's he's a seven police officer so he doesn't um he doesn't do too he doesn't got the time to do too much so it's just still me I was hoping I was going to hand over a bit more to him, but that hasn't quite happened just yet. <laughs> no, I understand he's got involved in something else to do with um, drinks manufacturing, hasn't he, instead? Yeah, he's, he's finding other ways to occupy his, his time. But yeah, that's a, that's a whole new podcast. <laughs> yeah. So did you, you know, you were working in a clinic after you got qualified and then you slowly moved to your own, doing it in your own sort of home um, in a room, etc. So you're completely a sole trader. Was there anything you found quite difficult, or things that you learn as a result from moving from clinic to your own practice? I think people's attitudes are very different. Um, working in a in in the doctor's surgery in a clinic, um, it's about environment. People's attitudes are very different in different environments. Um, we did start, well, there was a room in the house, um, but having a small child also in that small house, um, we soon moved that out into the, into the garden. Uh, it just brings a different dynamic that you, it's not that I wasn't professional. It just brings a new dynamic. There's elements of you start having a conversation because they can hear him. Um, and, and you can't, you, you can't separate the you know personal and, and business as easily so that so we were moved uh, so I, the clinic moved got moved out 
or eight years ago so it wasn't actually in actually in the house for very long um but there's a lot of osteopaths that do work from work from their own houses but i think when you have small children in the dynamics as well that always mixes it up a little bit not so favorably for business so it just needed to be separated and and it's it was long-term permanent uh, so long, sorry long-term temporary so we we've but it will stay outside now. So yeah, there's there's lots of things. Again, you don't, you don't really think about that. Certainly in the training that we had, you didn't get much business training. It's all very much the medical, the practical. Um, but you know, you are an osteopath, but you're a you know the biggest thing is is what probably makes you sink or swim is actually the business side of it of how much you need to know to run a business the business just happens to be osteopathy in my case but you need a lot more that you don't I didn't you learn on the, on the job training on that I think um and I think that it applies to any business that you set up if you're self-employed um you've got to have an element of sales you need an element of marketing there's lots of things that you you don't think about when you when you set up on your own you just I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> the door I'm ready. is open. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm trained. Let's go. And then you wonder why the door isn't open That's and it. nobody's walking yeah. through. So. so it doesn't really matter what what you do. There is an element of business that well inevitably has to come into it, and that's I think the difference if you're going to be successful or not. Yeah, so. I mean, I know I've had an experience in the past. I went to see a health professional that was like you, was working from home. And this was a male practitioner and obviously being female. In a clinic setting, you don't tend to even think about the fact, you know, is this going to be okay? But when I arrived, he, you know, I went to the front door and it's like quite clearly somebody's home and you walk through the hallway and then off into his garage he'd converted his garage which was great a lot of people do but if you're out there considering converting your garage or like Lisa did to begin with working in a home then from the side of somebody who's a a client I found it quite uncomfortable and disconcerting because I again could hear his family having dinner with the you know the kids had come home from school I could hear them in their dining room having dinner and you feel quite uncomfortable because going through a treatment, you're laid on a couch. It was like, mm, you know, is anybody going to walk in? But then the Absolutely. worst bit that made me really uncomfortable was I, I needed to use the restroom. Right. I had to wander back out to his hallway, see his family in the co- through the corridor in the dining room having dinner to go and use what was their family okay. cloakroom. And yes. I... That, for me, as a client, I never used that person again, not because he wasn't professional, not because he wasn't good at what he did. I just didn't feel comfortable yeah. going for that treatment in yeah. his house. So. You're stepping into different parameters, aren't you? I get that. I mean, it, with us, we we have a, a a toilet on site. So it is a business in the grounds. Yeah. But it makes a big difference. Um and I get that. And I think, you know, I was quite conscious when I set it up from home, how I would have felt if I was going to somebody else's. I mean, there's a, there a separate entrance. They don't, they didn't, they never actually came into the house when we were in the house. There was a, there's a front door. It led straight into the treatment room. And the, um, at this, well, when we were in the house, there was a toilet, but it was just down the corridor, but it was completely sealed. There was like a section that was sealed off um, and locked the door, you know, the door was locked. It was part of the house, but it was a, a, a 
voice, but you could still hear, you know, yeah. children's voices do carry. So once we moved out, um, it was comp- it's just literally in its own e- entity. So people have no crossovers of yeah. j- jumping into your space. In fact, a few patients have said, you know, do you live here? So there's, they don't even have a connection that it's, that is my house, which... Yeah, there's it's things that it's, you sort of set up on the fact that it's easy because you're in your own home, but you're, you've got to look at it always from the other person's perspective. And I think certainly osteop- osteopathy um, was, you know, you always have to put it into the shoes of somebody else. Female to female, you know, they're in a position of um, vulnerability. You know, they're, they're un- in the state of half undress. Um, you're not. So there's lots of things you have to consider. Again, that you don't... When I set up at the beginning, there's things... I mean, in the training, you go over that a lot, but there's lots of things you never really think about. You think, you just turn up. Even when I went to the osteopath the first time, these were not in my mindset. Um, But certainly when you become on the other side and you are the practitioner, there's lots of different things that you have to consider because you've got to make the person feel very comfortable and at ease because that's half the treatment. Uh, If they're they're fighting something that you don't even know about or they're not happy about something and it can be as innocuous as something, yeah, you can hear somebody else eating their dinner. They're not going to have a very um, pleasant experience and it is about treatment but a lot of the treatment is the environment is the surroundings how they how they feel about themselves and what's happening so it's really important that you get that but you kind of learn that as you go along what works and what doesn't work um but yes yeah, it's, it's there's lots of factors in any business that you think about that you don't know until you you're kind of in it no I mean, so. it's. I mean, these days, I mean, especially with COVID, it's great. There's a lot more people working from home remotely. Um, but again, if you're doing wellness and treatments, you, you know, it's great that you're at home, but your business is also separated. So it's like a separate clinic in Absolutely. your own grounds. Yes. And you can get some brilliant garden based um, buildings now. Yeah. So when you're off there, you think you want to get into health and wellness. It isn't all about just learning to be an osteopath Absolutely not. or a beautician or whatever it is you're going to go into. There is a business behind it, guys, if you want this to be more than a hobby. Yes. And that's some great information for people that are thinking about doing this. Or maybe they're in a clinic as an osteopath or another wellness profession and they're like, I really want to go work for myself. So you know part of your setup guys think about your business just because you run it from home doesn't mean you don't have to set it up like a clinic you can set it up as a clinic in your home so that's some great tips and before I ask you a couple of things about your biggest learning lessons to help the guys that are listening considering doing you know going it alone setting up their own business leaving a clinic for people out there that may have never you know never they might have heard of what an osteopath is but they haven't got a clue what you do what what does an osteopath do how can they benefit people out there that are going to come to you potentially as clients it osteopathy is it is treating the person as a whole it looks at lots of information the medical history it looks at um, lifestyle, how they spend their time, and then we treat 
what we find, not necessarily a disease. We're not, we're not, um, we don't look at it like that. We're not allowed to look at it like that. Um, so we look at mobilising joints, muscles, tendons, the musculoskeletal system for then to put it... Oh, I always tell my patients, it's a way, osteopathy's not... There's no magic in it. It just puts the person back on the track for them to go down the track of their own healing process because... We can't get inside the body. We don't get in the inside the body directly. Um, so it's about manipulating and mobilising so you can go off and do your own healing. It's just literally just puts you back on track for you to go off and do it yourself. Um, but we work using techniques that you, you sometimes you hear a click, sometimes you don't. It's, that's a technique. Um, it gives more mobility to joints. We look at stretching muscles and looking at the function of, well, I certainly look at the function. So you may come with a sore shoulder, for example, but it might not necessarily be the shoulder that's causing you the problem. We would, tr- I track it up, foot, usually foot up towards the head and look at the whole body and make adjustments where you, it, it needs it to have an effect on other parts. So that's like, the the easiest way I explain it to my patients but yeah there's I mean even within the osteopathic community there's we all have different ways that we work but I that's that's predominantly how I work and I I look at feet I look at joints where you are where you hold yourself in space and what's the most efficient way for you to to move and look at mobilizing and working in that area with a view to have an effect on the whole body and you know nine times out of ten it makes a difference on the particular sore area that you have but I, you know sometimes I don't work on that area at all um so it looks at it more holistically looks at the body lifestyle we can give advice on uh, you know quite a few things um because it's it it manifests itself in the body but it doesn't always come from there so it's it, it takes a bit of time um it's not a quick fix and sometimes it you need, you need to spend a bit of time with somebody to understand somebody's so then you can understand how you can help them so brilliant and for the guys that are listening um that are you know maybe they're going to get into this they they're not an osteopath yet they're going to get in and train it or maybe they're already working in the clinic what's What's the biggest piece of advice, tip or lesson learned that you could pass to somebody thinking about doing what you did uh, and going into a new career or moving from a clinic into the into something in your home? Um, I would say if you can find, speak to an osteopath, um, find out that, you know, if you've got, if you go to one, if you haven't ever been, go and see somebody see what their career how they did it um and if they will be willing uh there's a lot of promotion now in within the osteopathic community like of shadowing so you can you can watch how somebody works um and have almost like have a mentor that someone's already gone there just that little bit further down the line than you are in time more than um, anything else and you know, we are mostly willing to impart our knowledge and, and help along the way. So if you can find somebody that's already done it, then I would, 
you know tag on to them um and find it there's many more um universities that that is it makes it available so you don't necessarily have to travel to london which is where it was when i was there fortunately i lived in london at that time so i would say yeah to find somebody that can that you, you you that you align with um that you like their way of working and 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 see if they're willing to help you along the way because most of us will um and then going from a clinic it was funny because when we all we all qualified there was there was a big split in the community of those that were going to open up a multidisciplinary practice and they were going to provide services in all all different types of services and I would say most of them are now gone to being sole practitioners and just working on osteopathy. And I think it comes from the business side of it because you've got to manage different professions, the practice, and it's it's that you're becoming you're not becoming an osteopath then you're becoming a a, a fully blown company owner um, with lots of different departments and I would say I can think off the top of my head they've all gone back to being self-employed or just working in a practice for somebody else or for themselves most people go on their own eventually um I think you probably come out of university and do a couple of years as an associate but ultimately most will go on to be self-employed and work for themselves um in their own clinic uh, even if it's just one person and, and, and then t- maybe take an associate further down the line. I did it straight off the bat concurrently with um, working in another clinic. So I was starting up my own practice from day one. Um, it takes time. It takes a lot. To, I think that's the biggest thing. It's, it doesn't happen in a day uh, unless you are willing to... You've got to do a lot more promotions and I think that's quite difficult when you first started out because of confidence, I would say, is a big thing. So you need to sort of get experience, um, business and just being an osteopath. But ultimately, I think it's the most rewarding is to work for yourself. I think that's predominantly where most of us went into, in certainly my year, we wanted to become self-employed in business owners. We were all... A little bit. We were perhaps a second going on to our second careers. Some of them were three, third careers. There was a variety of different people, from a pilot to a scientist that was coming up to retirement and just wanted to do something different. I think you, most people come through osteopath, osteopath that I know through a positive experience with an osteopath, and it is an it's a very interesting career. Um, but then working with people is always interesting because you, you just never know what what's going to come on through yeah. the door. No two days are no. ever the same. I know. I know. Speaking from the business angle, it, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're thinking of becoming an osteopath and you're listening to this because you you've searched and found that there's an osteopath discussion going on. Whether you're doing beauty or some other form of health and wellness service, it's. If you're going into it because you love what you do, then it, from my point of view as a businesswoman, stay in a clinic or do it as a sole trader where you can stay in the business. Because the minute you go big in any business, 
a lot of people that are experts in what they do are not necessarily experts in business. Absolutely not. Yeah. And if you want to grow to something that's, you know, lots of staff, multi-people, and basically create a clinic environment that you own, then remember, either get yourself a practice manager so you can still be in your health and wellness specialty or accept that for your business to succeed, if you don't have somebody running the business, then you are likely to need to run the business and let other people do the treatments. And that's the same for any business you're doing if you're coming yeah. from an expert space in sure. my mind. Yes. So there you have it. We've been chatting with Lisa Patton. She's based up in Angus. We will make sure in the details of the podcast that you get her her details of how to contact her if you're up that way and want to know more. And if you are thinking of doing an expert business, a local business with health and wellness, and at this point you haven't got the funds to maybe engage a digital marketer to promote your business, then do check out our website, www.sweatgrithustle.com. We've got some links on there where you can get some online learning around digital marketing, marketing, promoting local businesses, you know, advertising on Facebook. So maybe that will help you as you get started if you don't have the funds to engage a separate company for that. It's been absolutely fabulous talking to you, Lisa. And I'm, you know, even though I've known you a while, I've learned some wonderful things about you. And I never knew <laughs> that hubby was also an osteopath. So oh. that was a bit of new stuff for me. Um, so one last question before we finish, you know, we're called Sweat, Grit and Hustle. So for you, which one strikes home the most? Grit. Grit. So, <laughs> so what's been what's been the grit in your business and life so far today? You've just got to grit your teeth and get on with it. There's the, it, certainly being self-employed. There's only you going to do it. So you just got to knuckle down and get on with it. It will come with sweat and it will come with hustle. But I would just say you've just got you only have yourself to rely on. So just make sure that you can do it. It's brilliant lisa thank you very much it has been a wonderful time discussing how you got to where you're going and um, thanks for having me guys we will see you next time to keep up with what we're doing and what's coming on sweat grit and hustle do visit us at www.sweatgrithustle.com 